Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are my fellow Star Trek Voyager series regular Robert Duncan McNeil and myself, Garrett Wong. Remember, you can get the full version of this podcast by signing up to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers. Did you like my y'all at the beginning? I did. I got. I, I speak Southern. So you do yes. speak Southern. I do. North Carolina and then Georgia. Y'all. And me, Tennessee. Y'all mm-hmm. is very, very popular. People yes, use it that. Is. Yes, it is. And for those of you who are not Americans, that is a contraction of you and all. Y'all. So there you go. When I was in high school, I had a summer job in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and they had a phrase that I think is very... Uh, local and regional up there. Instead yeah. of y'all or you guys, they say yuns. 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 Like, are you ones coming down to the game or yuns? Interesting. Or yuns. Yuns. Are yuns going downtown? Are yuns yuns going down? Oh, yuns. Yuns. Let me yeah. see how that sounds. Hold on. Like Hold y'all. On. Here we go. Let me just try the intro with that. Hey, yuns. Welcome to. It's harder for me to say that. <laughs> I like, yeah. hey, y'all. That's a the Pittsburgh bit. way. <laughs> That's the Pittsburgh way. All right. Hey, Yuns. Welcome Yuns. to the Delta Flyers. Okay. okay. I, I, that is new to me. I've never heard of that. What job were you doing in Pittsburgh? I worked at a, a theme park uh, one summer. What? In, called Kennywood Amusement Park in Pittsburgh, no Pennsylvania, doing the kids show during the day and doing uh, a big band review at night. I was doing like, you know, six shows a day or something yeah. Yeah. at the uh, theme park in the entertainment division, it was a summer job. And it was between my junior and my 11th and 12th grade year in high school. So they recruited from all around the country or just from Georgia? The company that put together the shows for some of these smaller amusement parks that didn't have their own entertainment division. If you're not Disney World, you're a small park, you hire an outside company. And that company was from Atlanta, Georgia. So they did kind of put a lot of the staff together and then they hired locally. Yeah. So I think I was the only actor. I was the only performer in that show that was from Atlanta. I was sort of there. I was brought up as a utility person to be in the kids show and then mm. to sort of be the manager, but I didn't, I didn't really have to do anything, but okay. they, you know, sort of their eyes on the ground, I guess. So anyway, yeah. well, this must've been pretty exciting for you to leave Georgia, to go to another yeah. state for the Pittsburgh, summer, Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> So you had some fun memories from that time, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. It was a great summer. It was a lot of fun. Right. And it's better than that other amusement park we just talked about in the Admiral's Call, the one that documentaries- Action Park. Action Park in New Jersey was a very dangerous uh, water park or whatever. And yeah, there's a great documentary. I think it's called Class Action Park about all the lawsuits and the- the, the most dangerous amusement park in the world, yes. in, at least in America. And them. they were sort of proud of it. <laughs> it was like, that's this, how they promoted this place is like, it's action packed and dangerous. You might get killed. There may be grave injuries, but yeah. come on down, bring the kids. So yeah, that's yep. action park. So this, this is a documentary on Netflix. What did you, what platform? I don't know where it is, but somewhere online, you can yeah. find cl- class, class action. I think it's called park. class action park. Okay. Yeah, I want to watch this. I'm just It's curious. really good. It's a okay. great documentary. <laughs> um, <laughs> so funny. Yeah. All right. Are you ready for this week's episode? Let's do this week's episode. Very excited. Yes. You don't ask. You usually ask me the name. What so, is the name? Okay, good. The name is Infinite Regress. Now, we've kind of talked about this at the end of last episode. Yeah. Regress or regress? How would you go with regress? Okay. Regress. Yeah. Infinite regress. Excellent. Yes. Yes. All right, y'all or yuns, we will be right back with our recap and discussion of Infinite Progress. See you, everybody. Robbie and I are now back from watching Infinite Progress. Yes, we are. That was an intense episode. Very different. Very different than, an, Very. you know, I, I think our average episode. It was... Just the the whole structure of it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, a huge seven episode. A it was big seven episode. She handled yeah. it well with all the different personalities oh, yeah. that she had to take on. I, I was very impressed, and also a bit of 
jealousy uh, is in my body because you know, you know me, I love to do impersonations and yeah. this would have been my dream episode if I was allowed to have doing do multiple characters, Klingons and multiple Vulcans personalities. And, oh my gosh. This is, this, this is the dream episode for right. me, Garrett Wong. I mean, right. as a, as a person, I love that. Well, so, she did a, she did an awesome job. Oh, and I yeah. think honestly, I didn't remember this episode. So no. it surprised me. Yes. All of the stuff she did. And yes. I was actually surprised at her ability yes. to be a character actress, to really yes. transform into these characters. I thought she did a yes. uh, really, and, really good job. And I got to say this, the, she and I both fall under year of the monkey. We're both year of the monkey in the Chinese Zodiac. And that is the entertainer of the Zodiac. <laughs> so she and I are good with voices and characters and she knocked it out of the park on several yeah, of those characters. Great. Okay. Jerry was let's, great. let's do our poetry right now. So here's my haiku yes, for sir. infinite regress. Klingon seven eats too many voices to count. Cat is caught is fun. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you got highlights in there for you sure. Know, highlights, but I kind of, I, these are just, it almost was so impressionistic. Yes, moments. that's what it was. Just very, impre- that was a very impressionistic haiku. All yes. right. Let me hear this limerick. I'm, I'm so Here's I'm the so limerick for a very complicated and dense episode. <laughs> Infinite yeah. regress. Let's go. Here we go. Seven gets a pesky multiple personality from the past. She can't seem to break free. To get those voices expelled, Tuvok does a weird Vulcan mind meld. Now Seven must learn from Naomi. (laughs) So what was the thought process behind throwing weird in front of Vulcan mind melt. Were there other adjectives that didn't work, that didn't fit? Yeah, I was, it was, you know, the rhythm's a little off on this one, but it was, that mind meld was a, like a trip. Yeah. Like that mind So you could have said trippy mind meld as well. I could have said, right? yeah. Were there, was there a runner up adjective that you had other than weird? I'm just curious if you were thinking of, oh, maybe we go with this. I can't remember. I did think of some other ones. Yeah crazy or bizarre. I don't know. Right. But I just wanted a one syllable. Yeah. I had so, too many syllables. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. That's so, the thing with the limericks. Like if you have too many syllables, it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't flow that well. Land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's jump into the, the people who we, uh, we guessed, uh, we guessed wrong entirely. It was David, you know, David Livingston should be the answer for every single one. Almost. Yeah. Odds are, if we say odds David Livingston directed it, he yeah, probably did. He probably did. And yeah. he, he did a good job on this one. I felt did a great well. job. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Diggs, uh, our friend Jimmy Diggs, uh, and Robert J. Doherty were the mm-hmm. store. They came up with a story, and Doherty went ahead with the teleplay. He wrote the teleplay, and I gotta say, he really. I love the subtle humor in this episode. <laughs> I yeah. think there was a lot of there. There were four or five moments of awesome yeah. subtle humor, and I have often been guilty of being very critical of the Voyager writers and saying that they're not good at writing humor for anyone other than the Doctor. And it's just mm-hmm. you know, and I've always talked about, you know, oh my gosh, I wish the human characters could be funnier. And I have to say, Robert Doherty knocked it out of the park. This I wish there was more teleplay yeah, by Robert she, Doherty. End of yeah. story. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of humor and a lot of comic moments, even with Naomi, with Seven, with Naomi, yeah. with the Doctor. Yes. Tuvok had some moments. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, had a couple of yes. good moments. Yes. You and I didn't have much at all to do in this episode. No, we were, yeah, we were minor players in this completely. But just yep. like you say, a good episode is one that includes every character. I, I think one that includes comedy or humor, humor with mm-hmm. every character, to me, is a knock it out of the park episode. So yeah. I, I'm going to... At, yeah. When we do the rating at the end, it's it's going to be better than most people's okay. ratings. Okay. Okay. All okay. Right. Um, Guest the, stars, Scarlett yes, Palmer's. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about Scarlett before, yeah. playing Naomi Wildman. So yes. good to have her back on the show. She was really good in this episode. She was really good. Uh, we also had Neil Maffin playing Ven. Yeah. Um, and the I alien will, uh, 6339 yes. captain, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that was Ven. Mm-hmm. Neil Maffin is from Shenandoah, Iowa. Okay. Uh, so right. that's where Kate Mulgrew is from, right? Yeah, Not Shenandoah, right. but she's from Iowa. Right. From Iowa. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The other co-star that I found listed was Erica Murr, who was the little girl. Oh, the one in the uh, the alternate reality um, mm-hmm. Tuvok mind meld. Okay. So that's, what's yeah. her name again? Say her name. Erica Murr. Erica Murr. Okay. She was born in 1988 in Texas. Thank you for doing that research. I appreciate that. Let us begin 
So here we go into the, into the show, as they say. Dive show in. Biz. Diving right in. Uh, we find seven on a regeneration pad or pod. Mm-hmm. And as we pan across the, the regeneration bay, the cargo bay where her re- regeneration pod is. Yeah. As we open the, the, the episode... We're hearing voices and panning through, yes. but it's an empty cargo bay. There's no, no one there. else there nope. except for Seven. And I thought that mm-hmm. image, whether David Livingston came up with it or whether it was scripted, you know, it may have been scripted that it said pan across the, you know, as we look around the cargo bay, no one's there, but we hear voices. The only person is Seven. Yeah. It may have said that, or maybe De- David, David yeah. Livingston just interpreted this as the director but yeah it was a great shot because it started on a crane shot mm-hmm. but i don't and know if you notice turned into what they call a step off so that means the steady cam oper- operator yeah. was riding on the crane standing up okay and he gets lowered down to the floor level and yes. he steps off that crane and he continues and he the shot continues the in. shot oh wow so it was a very flashy opening shot yeah I've done that you, shot a couple of times, but it's it takes a long time because the crane yeah. to lift an operator up in the air, you need mm-hmm. a counterweight, just like on right. a seesaw, right? Right. So you have to counterweight it. But when Correct. that weight is on and the operator steps off, oh goodness, all it of could, a sudden the weight is it, off balance. Right. And it could go, it, it could, could go, just shoot off like a yeah. catapult. Yeah. So, so you have to bring that crane down then you get yep. people to step on top of it to counterweight the weights i see so that it's safe and the timing has to be just yeah. right so it's a team effort to get this done it's a complicated shot i'm sure it took a long time did you notice any shakiness from the actual movement of the camera operator off the crane the stepping there off maybe of the, you a bump a, you yeah, a little thing just a little okay. bit just a yeah. little bit it's a hard shot to totally get smooth like that right but Definitely. But I thought it was really cool. That yeah. shot continues, goes into a close-up, and then she steps out, yeah. hands her, she's looking around the cargo bay for vo- where the voices are coming from, mm-hmm. follows her out into the hallway. Mm-hmm. The other thing I noticed out in the hallway is it was a wide lens. Again, okay. David Livingston loves those 12, 14 millimeter lenses. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a great lens for everything until, in my opinion, she got out in the hall because now you could see down to her waist or something like that. Uh-oh. And it made her body look very uh, straight. Out of proportion. Like, out yeah, of proportion. like the upper arm is really wide, but then yeah. it turns really like um, spindly. It, tap- it, tap- it tapers. Yeah, the, it tapers weirdly. Yeah. No, I hear body, you. No. It distorted her, her upper body from yeah. her hips all the way up. And yeah. her face was big and. I don't know. It was a weird, it was a weird, I was, a, I was conscious of the shot yes. at that point, but before yeah. that it was really elegant. I thought it was really good. Yeah. Anyway. So she walks down the hall, mm-hmm. we pick her up stepping into the mess hall and yeah. she starts throwing food. You yeah. know, there's bowls of food on the table. She's well, let's, tossing let's the food. Specific. Let's be specific. The <clears throat> food is anything, not meat. So it's vegetables, you know, yes. like salad, crackers, cra- yeah. chips anything or something. <laughs> not meat is being peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. It's flaming hot Cheetos <laughs> tossed to the side until she finds the meat and she starts just devouring this meat. And yep. then all of a sudden the camera, cool camera shot, because you see a reflection in this mm-hmm. frosted glass. It's either a cupboard door or a partition. So I, yeah. I can't remember if it was a partition or not, but that's where you see the Klingon re- reflected at eating the same meat. So now we yeah. know, uh oh, something's up. She's got. Yeah. A, she's. A, she has another personality inside of her. Somehow we don't know. As how. soon as I saw that shot, by the way, the reflection. Mm. Yeah. Um, two things occurred to me. The first thing was, oh, we do that on Resident Alien with oh, Alan too. Yes, you do do that. Whenever on, he walks by yes. a mirror or reflective thing, we yes. see his alien face, and I was like, oh, that's just like Resident Alien. Yeah. The next thing I thought of was, is that influenced by Voyager by this episode? You feel? No, Possibly. I don't think so. Okay, no. just a coincidence. But the, it's it's kind of the same rule as Resident Alien because we saw the Klingon reflection of Seven, but when mm-hmm. you cut back to her, she's not a Klingon. Correct. She's still so it's seven. kind of a yeah. artistic interpretation. Yes. It's not a literal reflection that that her physical reflection looks like a Klingon. Right. Right. It's just a creative 
expansion of an idea. Yeah. It's a reminder to the audience, but it was a little confusing to me, just like on resident alien. Sometimes mm-hmm. we're in this sort of weird gray area. Cause when Alan Tudyk reflects as an alien on our sh- on resident alien, the rest of the world can't see him that way. It's just Correct. for the audience, just right. for the audience to, to remember he's an alien. Right. I, I do think it's cool that this same artistic creative choice was chosen two decades mm-hmm. before before Resident Alien. I know. So that's cool. very groundbreaking. Yes. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So where now are we? Now we go now? to the briefing room. Yeah. Kim is giving a, oh my goodness. Uh, a uh, breakdown of yeah. this huge debris field, 120 sure. kilometers wide. Yes. Anyways, there, Chakotay, uh, Tuvok, Torres, yeah. Neelix. Yeah. No Paris, though. Uh, no, where is Paris? I mean, Paris doesn't show up till like 20 minutes into this episode. He hardly does anything. (laughs) Paris, you're, you're busy and you're, you're working on your, your 20th century vehicle in your holodeck. Exactly. Guessing, but yeah, Harry gives a 411 and he finds the overnight sensor logs has something there. That's just bizarre. And like you said, 120 kilometer wide debris Mm -hmm. field, that's nothing to be, uh, Mm -hmm. um, you know, nothing to. Yeah, I will say that when Seven comes up to next to me, I was I re- I remember filming this, and I remember thinking, oh, thank God, I don't have to say anything techno babble right now. She gets to do it, so she <laughs> took over for me, and it was almost and up until you know before she arrived in season four, mm-hmm. it was always me saying the entire techno babble uh, yeah. monologue, and so having her there was so nice to be able to to take a breather really uh-huh. because a lot uh-huh. of that techno bubble can be really tricky to get out of your mouth it becomes a tongue twister yeah. and seeing her walk up and I, I just remember so distinctly i was like breathing a sigh of relief when she walked mm-hmm. up into frame and took it over for me so nice. i'm very happy about that but we find out yes it's a board debris field that's right um uh she says uh there's no board vessels around we're gonna have to scan we talk about investigating but Janeway's like, nope, we're not going to investigate this. The Borg will be back to investigate this debris field and come see what happened to their buddies. Yes. So let's go around this thing. Yes. Will you humor me? Yes. <laughs> I wanted to. One of the things I've been missing is my impersonation videos. Can I do this one little part right here? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. Of All course. right. So, yeah. So at, so the very end of Janeway's speeches, she says, alter course to avoid the debris. If that's all. And then Neelix interrupts. Uh, one other piece of business, Captain. It seems we had another incident in the mess hall last night. And then Torres says, return of the midnight snacker. <laughs> I'm afraid so. Janeway says, casualties. And Neelix replies with, a leg of Calarin Col- wildebeest I prepared for Ensign Risen's birthday. Since Commander Tuvok has been unable to round up any suspects, I'd like to ask that stronger measures be taken. Per- and then Tuvok, with the killer line, says, yes perhaps an armed security detail. <laughs> then that is, uh, this is the subtle humor that I love from this episode. I really love Doherty's, uh, what he wrote here. I thought just well, what me, he wrote. And also laugh. David played it in the two shot with Tuvok and Neelix. And I got to say, mm. Ethan and Tim, Ethan Phillips and Tim Russ hung out quite a bit. And yes. they had this exact same dynamic this of like, energy of was, like Ethan, you know, saying yeah. some energetic thing. Yeah. And Tim Russ would be like it's dry and ugh. super dry <laughs> and always judgy. Yes. <laughs> and just annoyed. So in that moment, yeah, perhaps an armed security detail. <laughs> So great. Fun. I immediately thought of like real watching, life. Yes. But watching this scene, I kept thinking this could have been the Star Trek Voyager spinoff. Star oh, Trek, yeah. Tuvok, and Neelix. I mean, these two aliens are the true alien odd couple. I mean, I love this. These they two were great. together. They're so they were great. Yeah. Um, we go out in the hallway. We see Naomi mm. around following Seven of Nine, taking yes. notes. Yes. This was the first time I noticed, oh, David <sighs> Livingston's using Steadicam again. Yeah. And I'll just point it out here. And then he used Steadicam more than any episode I've ever seen. He mm. was moving the camera around. He was in this episode, 360s More, okay. everywhere, moving mm-hmm. the camera constantly, mm. which sometimes was really great. And then sometimes I felt like it was, we were missing opportunities to kind of just hang on a character as they were feeling something because 
the camera was always moving. Oh yeah. Block, lots of blocking, lots of movement, but yeah, but this was a great sequence down the hall with Naomi. Mm-hmm. And finally uh, she's caught by seven oh, and gosh. seven says Naomi Wildman subunit of Samantha Wildman state your intentions. I loved it. Subunit um, of can Samantha. I please refer to your son that way? Can I just say subunit of McNeil subunit of Robbie McNeil? Congratulations on your new daughter is what yes. I'm going to say yes. to your son. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Great, great dialogue in this whole sequence, I thought, between Seven and Naomi. Wonderful, um, wonderful. We hear that that Naomi wants to try to emulate Seven to become the bridge assistant. And it's just, you know, it's a nice little bonding scene and, and with a nice humor, a humorous mm-hmm. uh, twist to it. Enjoyed it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, she says, I want to be the captain's bridge assistant. Mm-hmm. Seven's like, there is no such position. And then right. we hear some voices again, some yeah. laughter, yes. actually. And all of a sudden, Seven's personality completely changes. And I was like, what? Yeah. She's totally. at, and she started talking like Jerry Ryan being like a kid. A, a like little girl. All, yeah. yeah she all of a Young sudden, Jerry she Ryan. Talking really, really silly. And mm-hmm. she's like, let's go do something, Naomi. And she mm-hmm. just had said, leave me alone. Right. Subunit. <laughs> and, now, and now she's like, let's do something. Come on, let's hang out. And yeah. she goes, let's go swimming. And Naomi's like, no, yeah. I can't go swimming. Without my mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she says, uh, and then someone says, what about Caddiscott? And that's a game that Naomi just loves. She's she like, loves great. It. Yeah. Let's do it. And so they go off holding hands. It was so to, adorable. To the, yes, to the uh, the Wildman residence. And Wildman's quarters. Yes. And we see them playing Caddiscott. And what do you think this- that looks like? When you look like at chi- that, it looks like Chinese checkers to me. Kind of, but I my first thought was connect four with a hexagonal board. You know, because oh, that was my image. But yes, Chinese checkers as well. I could see that. Yeah, so they're playing Caddiscott, and uh, you hear Seven talking about her childhood or her family, and she talks yes. about twelve siblings. And all, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you're like, "What? What are you talking about?" Yeah, mm-hmm. and we also see in the board game, which is kind of vertical, it's up on a on an angle. Yeah. We see a reflection and we see it's not seven in the reflection. It's Correct. another little girl. Correct. So we know that like what happened with the, the Klingon reflection. Now there's a little girl. It's another personality kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then Taurus calls for seven and she doesn't answer because no. she doesn't think she's she seven. Right? She she's thinks seven. she's a little girl. <laughs> Taurus is like seven. I know you're there. Answer. <laughs> and she still sits there. And then finally she calls again and seven sort of snaps out of it. We hear these voices for a second and, Seven's back to her normal self and Naomi's a little confused and seven heads off for, uh, for engineering. So, um, so now she's in engineering mm-hmm. and she hears, you know, well, she doesn't hear the voices yet. She gets into engineering and she has a conversation with Torres about some issues that trying to, they're trying to figure something out. And then the voices come in and this is when she takes on the persona of the Klingon who is known yep. as the son of Kavak. And I'm going to say right now that this to me was the best impersonation of all. And of all the impersonations <laughs> she did, I, I this was such a good Klingon voice. It yeah. suits the lowness. It does. It had a she had a very deep. Yeah, she could definitely pull off a full Klingon if she had to. And this is when she tries to mate with Torres, your darling uh, woman. Yeah, which which I love, by the way. By the way, Belana looks turns over to her and she's like, "Yeah, Tom put you up to this, didn't he?" Yeah, she did say <laughs> that. Like, yeah. What? Why are you involving me? Like I had nothing to do with this. She's a, she's uh, a Klingon all by herself. You practical joker, yeah. you Tommy. It's a yeah. funny idea, though. It is funny, but then she calls. Torres has to call for security, security because she's just been bitten on the face by by Klingon Seven. Yeah, and thank security. God, security yes. runs into engineering. Thank yes. God to take control. They do because <laughs> because then Seven seems to just run towards them and tap them on the shoulder. And they collapse like <laughs> yes. like wet socks on the ground. They're <laughs> completely unconscious. The, the security team what? was doing their best impersonation of bowling pins. It was yeah. just it's, I know it's a that joke. She's, I know she's strong. I mm. know she's seven of nine. Got Borg stuff, but that was embarrassing. Like a little tap. Yeah. And they just and they were unconscious. It wasn't They're, like they got knocked <laughs> over and then jumped up and started chasing after her. They just <laughs> fell down and were like. 
Okay. It, it was her version of a Vulcan nerve pinch, I guess. Yeah. They just fell. It was she, Star Trek original series. Oh, gosh. Shatner acting. All the way. All the, all way. the way. All the way. So okay. she runs out into the corridor. She gets away. Now, Tuvok, the Tuvok-led security detail, arrives in the corridors to find Seven is now cowered in a corner. Mm-hmm. And she's now taken on a whole different personality. This personality emerges as a as, as a young child again. This she's is talking the same like a child, little girl. Little she's, girl. Like, mm-hmm. she's like, someone's hurt and he needs help, she right. says. Right. She says, did I do something bad? Yeah. And uh, Tuvok says, who are you? And mm-hmm. she responds. And, and again, Jerry's uh, little girl is so sweet and innocent and mm-hmm. just wonderfully played. Yes. Uh, she says that she's Meryl. Meryl, which, which then uh, I wondered. Is this yes. the same Meryl? Because Mary Howard, one of our producers, her uh-huh. husband was Meryl. So I thought, hey, maybe this is a little tribute to Meryl and include his name as one of the characters. Could be. Could be. Yeah. yeah. So as Meryl, Tuvok is able to release the force field. He walks in there and he's yeah, trying thinks to get it's the, a little child. Yeah, it's a little child. Suddenly, suddenly she's changed and she's got a phaser. He goes, release right. the force field to go get the yeah. phaser. Yeah. And then he realizes, uh-oh. Yeah. She's got a different uh, voice now, yeah. and she is a Vulcan. She's Vulcan High Command. Vulcan mm-hmm. High Command, uh, subaltern sub Larat, or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Um, and she asks, how may I be of assistance? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so she goes from a child to a Vulcan, to a Vulcan. High Command. Yeah. And Tuvok says, well, you could accompany me to sickbay. Right. Trying to play along here. So she yeah. gets up. Walks ahead. Now, this was a moment I loved yeah. where as she's walking forward, we see her in the foreground mm-hmm. as the Vulcan. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden there are voices again and you and she stops and her, you know, she gets very angry and kind mm-hmm. of cling on again. Yeah. And you see her face in her line. You see Tuvok behind. It was very simple and elegant. And then she turns and kind of starts to attack him. Uh, Tuvok has to shoot her in that shot. Mm-hmm. And she collapses. And the shot was great because it was a two shot. You see all the action, the dialogue. They're both facing towards the mm-hmm. lens. And then as she collapses, it pushes into a close up. Very elegant, really super shot. Dave Livingston did a great job on that. I, I loved it. Yeah. And it was so non-intrusive. You know, it's something that yeah. you didn't even notice it happening. And it was yeah. flawless. And and it no, not flawless. It was effortless. That's the yeah. word I'm looking for. Yeah. And yeah, great shot. And of course, you know, after stunning her with the phaser, now we pick it up in sick bay mm-hmm. and we have the doctor there and he's telling seven that she basically has the Borg version of multiple personality disorder mm-hmm. and the cortical inhibitor is suppressing the effect of this MPD, but it's only mm-hmm. a temporary measure. There is a little mm-hmm. bit of funny thing because in the beginning, what does she say when she wakes up? She goes, she, she goes, says, How, or, 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 I don't even know if she asked, but Janeway, the first thing she says is, yeah. Seven, you've been unconscious for two hours. And I was like, <laughs> what? Yeah, you just phasered her. Of course she's out. That's what phasers do. <laughs> they knock you out unconscious. They take for you hours. Out. Exactly. Yeah, she was then- out for two hours. Duh. <laughs> So the cortical inhibitor is on her neck. It's suppressing the effects of this MPD. Torres detected a Borg interlink frequency, and Mm -hmm. this could be causing her cortical implants to malfunction. And the signal has been coming from the debris field. Then Janeway is like, well, why don't we just get away from it? You'll be fine. And Seven Mm -hmm. says, no, unfortunately, this message uh, or this this frequency is going through subspace. So it permeates subspace. So it doesn't matter where I go. I'm still going to hear it. So I can't avoid it. So Janeway says, we must go to the debris field. And at this point, this is when- By the way, in this scene, when the doctor says, basically, that you've got multiple personalities, I Mm. loved, I just want to comment on the graphics- uh, Mike and oh, Denise right. Akuda, uh, when the doctor's explaining this whole concept, I love how graphics can often make our sci-fi stories very clear to understand. And so you see these graphics and the doctor says, this is your, ne- your normal neurological pattern or something. Mm-hmm. And you see this very smooth, big waves going along. And then he says, underneath that, you can see these other personalities yeah. hiding out. And then he removes <laughs> that. And underneath you see all these tiny little scratchy little uh, graphs or, you know, wavelengths underneath. Yeah. And for me, that was a great example of how Mike and Denise Okuda, our graphics department, 
can tell a story, put it into a graphic element that is so simple and clear that you just kind of go, oh, I get it. I get how this technology, the Borg personalities are buried underneath. It's just I love how they do that. This is just one example. They do it all the time. But Definitely. And, and uh, you know, it's nice to have that visual example there. And it's something that it's so subtle. And but the, all the people that it takes to, you know, get an episode up and running, it, it's mm-hmm. just amazing. And the small, tiny details that that you don't really notice until you mm-hmm. really, really look at every part of the episode. So, yeah, they did a wonderful job. So now we're in the corridor and mm-hmm. we have a, a wonderful scene with the doctor, Seven and Neelix. I just mm-hmm. love when Neelix says his line, I have some wonderful medicinal teas. Maybe I can prepare one for you. And then the doctor has that wonderfully subtle, hilarious line. He says, Talaxian homeopathy. I don't think we're quite that desperate yet. So it was a real <laughs> great line written by, you know, the teleplay written I, by yeah. this writer. It's yeah, such I, a good job. I love, I love Neelix's energy when he comes in with this sort of positivity it's just such an ethan phillips kind of vibe yeah and when he when he hands over the card from naomi which i love that he's the one to hand that card over yes because we know that he's has this relationship we've seen it in earlier episodes his connection with naomi so just keeping that alive i thought was super sweet yeah and this is sort of setting up because I loved how Jerry reacted when she started, she walked away with the card in her hand. Yeah. You could see the, you know, the crayon drawing or whatever. But Jerry was already kind of planting the seed of like, this Naomi thing is different. It's, she's really starting to get in touch with her humanity and that's going to pay is. off later in a great yes. way. I mean, this is a, such a great character development story uh, yeah. episode for Seven of Nine because she is slowly but surely becoming... 100% human. She and I notices- love, by the way, I mean, you and I have talked about, I have been critical of the way that uh, Seven of Nine sort of behaved in this rebellious yes. teenager way. You have I just been. didn't buy it. I didn't buy that, that mm-hmm. Jane Way would put up with it for that long. Right. But in this story, this is the perfect, in my opinion, perfect story yeah. to show the complications and right. And to build audience sympathy and empathy for Seven, because she's just so, um, you see why her character is so tight and so yeah. controlling mm-hmm. and and so wants to suppress all of these feelings mm-hmm. and then starting to connect with a child. I think just like Naomi brought out great things in the character of Neelix, mm-hmm. was the perfect to put, with, to put Neelix with a child. Yeah. Um, I think putting seven with a child is a genius move. It's just, yeah. it's really, no one else could have done it the way that Naomi's character did. Mm-mm. Yeah. So all around really, really good episode. Uh, we're now in the cargo bay and the doctor discovers that she has been sleepwalking, mm-hmm. sleepwalking. And now we get to hear some audio files that were recorded by seven as this the is like her logs. Or her logs. Yeah. Yeah. He looks in and sees her regeneration cycles or keep getting interrupted. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, yeah, you've been sleepwalking and you made some logs. So let's go listen to him. So the first log comes up, you hear Jerry Ryan's voice, but again, it's in the character of a young uh, officer, Starfleet officer on his first starship assignment mm-hmm. on the USS Tombaugh under some C- Captain Blackwood, I think. The USS what? Tombaugh. 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 Paris. Tombaugh. The USS Tombaugh. Tombaugh. Captain Blackwood is the captain. But Jerry did a great job of modulating her voice so that yeah. you, you really felt like you were hearing uh, a, a, another person. And yes. then, yeah, Seven says, I assimilated, uh, the Borg assimilated that ship, mm-hmm. Captain Blackwood's ship and its crew 13 years earlier, and that right. she was the one that assimilated this officer. Yeah. So she's not just having one of the collective kind of experiences, but right. she's specifically Very remembering, specific. oh my God, this guy, I... I um, assimilated him. Very, very sad. There's another log entry and Seven records another file that is some alien female, I guess, dictating a message to her romantic partner. It's a love letter to her her romantic partner. And Mm -hmm. this really, again, really sweet, very different than Seven ever would sound. Mm -hmm. And she's very upset by this. And the doctor, she walks away and the doctor sort of stops her. And again, it's a little close talking for me. Uh, the doctor puts his hand up on her 
shoulder, by her mm. neck. It's very intimate. This, by the way, I wrote down SD shipper question mark. Okay. Because uh, uh, yes. I feel like this is the beginning. I was like, for the first time, I'm going, oh, this is not just the doctor taking professional interest in mm. seven of nine. This is personal this is, interest. This is personal interest. And maybe it was because it was coming on the heels of that romantic love letter or something. I don't know. No, I, I think you're exactly right about that. As much really? as I hate to agree with you on this, because I just I did not like the combination yeah. of seven and the doctor, the ST, because my personal opinion is how can you have a relationship with Microsoft Windows? He is a program. So right. why is this is happening? But you're right. This is the very beginning. I think it beginning is. Little, little, yeah, little, little. Because that hand on the shoulder and standing close. And oh he sort of gosh. keeps the hand as she walks away. It's like the hand. It's still there. It's lingers. Just, it's just, oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. He's <laughs> he's lingering. The lingering hand gives it yeah. away for sure. So you're right on the money on that one. Uh we go to the bridge. Chicote calls, and it is the Borg Vinculum okay. we have found. The All Borg right. Vinculum. Yes. It and is a the processing. Just, yes. Can I just ahead. talk about this very quickly? So yeah. when we were on the set. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, but we were on the set, and this is where Robert Beltran. Chicote and Tim Rush Tuvok started joking about the word vinculum. They started giving this oh, yeah. funny character voice. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, yeah. it was Beltran basically putting on this voice of a 70 year old man from the South. And he would say, he would say something like, meanwhile, back at the vinculum like that, he would, and he would say <laughs> vinculum instead of vinculum. Sometimes he would put a B there, but back at the vinculum. And then Tim Russ would do his version of what a Beltran did. It was a, it was a character uh, voice off, you know, that they would go back and forth between saying the vinculum. I you feel know? like it was that that cartoon character of uh, uh, shoot, where he'd say, "I, I said son, son, oh, oh, the I rooster, said, <laughs> a rooster, yeah, the rooster guy." Yes, I think uh, it was that I said, one. I said, I said, I said, son, yeah, the vinculum. It's similar to that. It was, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was like that, but it, to me, it was more Mark Twain ish uh -huh. you know yeah. there yeah it was a little less i remember that Twain. on the brit tim tim <laughs> russ and robert beltran would go back and forth with the vinculum yeah, the vinculum line and this was yeah. this is how we passed the That's time funny. on the bridge we would do i forgot about things. that bit yes. that was a good bit it was a good wonderful wonderful it was a good wonderful <laughs> and funny bit and and fundable and fundable so the borg vinculum is the source of the interlink frequency this is the processing device at the core of every borg vessel mm -hmm. it's the cpu of the computer Computer, probably the most important part of the Borg, the Borg cube. And the vinculum must be taken offline. Seven says, this is the only way to uh, deal with this vinculum. Mm -hmm. And I need to beam this on board, Voyager. Janeway's not happy about that. Janeway's like, what? wait a minute. I don't feel comfortable with this. But in the end, she agrees. And it is beamed aboard. Now, mm -hmm. we, as we go to engineering, there are oh wait before you go to engineering there's a there's a space there's a space yeah. shot and yeah. there's the coolest flyby i don't know if anybody else caught it but i felt like <laughs> it was a flyby that caught my attention because the ship's coming at us and it kind of does when like i must have been piloting at that moment uh, yeah how pilot how piloty of you to recognize that it was a cool move i was so busy writing notes i didn't even see that it's yep. an exterior shot of voyager banking on like a yeah, doing a, bank a little move. move i don't know it was just it it caught my eye as I was making notes myself. I was like, "Oh, that's a cool flyby." Voyager's like, flying away from different. camera. No, it's coming right at it. it right. Okay. Help. It felt a little different to me. All right. I liked it. Cool. It nice. I didn't even see it, but thank you yeah. for bringing that up. So now they're in engineering, mm -hmm. and as Seven walks closer to the vinculum, the voices become louder. So the doctor has to adjust the cortical inhibitor on her neck to sort of drown out that those voices. And now mm -hmm. another wonderful wonderfully funny comedic interchange happens. You see Torres sees seven and sort of stops in her tracks because the last time she saw seven, she was bitten on the face. Mm -hmm. so she's a little upset. So she sees seven. She's a little like, Oh my goodness. And seven looks at her and says, don't worry, Lieutenant, the son of Kavak will not be joining us. And that is when she says, glad to hear it. Does this qualify as our second date? And then the doctor <laughs> chimes in, just think of me as your chaperone. And again, 
great subtle comedy in this teleplay by doherty i i love doherty he's my favorite teleplay writer right now it was wonderful good great dialogue so So they probe the the vinculum device Mm -hmm. they realize there's a viral agent some kind of pathogen an organism in there it's trying to attack the, all the Borg technology. Mm-hmm. And they do find a signature of species 6339 in this virus. And the doctor uh, buttons are seen with, looks like we found our typhoid Mary. So they have found where this virus came from, species 6339. Right. So we the, need uh, to track, we need to find 6339 is what we mm-hmm. need to do, right? This takes us to astrometrics. We're trying to chart where this species 6339 is, where we can find them. And this is where Seven of Nine falls into the next personality we have not been introduced yet mm-hmm. to. And here it is. The Ferengi comes out. And boy. It starts off with a, oh, my, 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 yeah. my. And she starts marching up on the upper deck. She's walking very differently than... <laughs> she- than uh, her physicality has totally does. changed. You're right. They say, I- they say something to her and she's like, are you making fun of my ears? There's yeah, a great she, moment about her ears in there. Yes. But, but my notes were LMAO, laugh, laugh my ass off. But even funnier to me, I initially thought when she went, my, my mind walked up there that she was doing like a James Cagney impersonation or right. a 1920s right. sort of character. She definitely you know? changed her voice. Yeah. Hey, sure. yeah. Dirty rat. You know, it was that. But then I realized it's Frankie. And again, yeah. very, very funny. Very mm-hmm. funny. And of course, uh, Janeway speaks to Seven as if she is the Ferengi, and yeah, says, they play along again. Yes, and, uh, yes. Yeah, why don't you come? Uh, come with us. If to you sick think bay. this is nice? Come look at sick bay. Yeah, and it's so, wonderful. <laughs> yeah, they go into the sick bay, and and uh, Seven's Ferengi starts walking around, going, "Well, this needs to be re- redecorated and renovated, and we can <laughs> renovate this and that. I know a guy, and I'll only take thirty percent of the of the cost." And so, kind of making a deal, and then they put up the force field, and Seven's trapped in the back. Um, yeah. And the doctor says, this is bad. He's looking at some readings. But even her, even when she's behind the force field as the Ferengi, she's still, you know, it's still the Ferengi character, which is so funny to watch that interaction there. And uh, the doctor says seven may be lost for good. So we're starting to realize these multiple personalities are wearing her down that she's really, uh, her own neural patterns may disappear and she will not, she'll get lost in this sort of, uh, these other personalities. Just he says that we hear another voice from yeah. Jerry Ryan, her amazing tour de force of acting. And she's now this very sad mother of a son that she was supposed to meet at Wolf uh, 359. Yeah. She says, I'm looking for my son, Gregory Bergen. Mm. And it's a very sad, brief exchange, but you feel like this woman has really, I don't know, it's just the story but- of her losing her son and yeah. then being assimilated by the board, being caught up in this battle. It's just very sad. And then all of a sudden we hear some voices again, and now she's back to seven. And right. now seven is scared off the heels of this woman's story. Yeah. Seven of nine says, how many voices? They say two voices this time. Mm-hmm. Janeway explains, you know, and seven says, I'm scared. Yeah. But her voice as the woman that's grieving was great. That character was really good too, because she completely, you know, she went there. She started getting choked up over it. Now we go to the bridge and uh, I I just had a comment here. There's a dark, it's a dark bridge. And I'm like, yeah. Why why is the bridge dark? Usually that we save that for battle or something, you know, low power mode. It wasn't red alert. No, there was no red red alert. alert. We're not in battle. I was just like, but the only reason I can think of is what? Janeway walks in and what is what Chicote? What is it? Yeah, Chicote says, meet anyone interesting. So it was a very flirtatious kind of line, to be honest. And then we find out that 12 new personalities have surfaced in the last hour alone. But what's your theory? You have a well, theory. Here's that- my theory on this scene. So Janeway basically says, you know, she leans in in this dark, dim light. Yeah. Romantic light, maybe. <laughs> and uh, she says, you know, Chicote, I think maybe you were right. You were right, Chicote. I shouldn't have brought Seven on. Yeah. Let me come around to Chicote, and he's like, "No, you were right, because she's changed, and I, I was wrong." And I was just like, "Come yeah. on, JC writers! <laughs> like, this is all it, basically it was a scene of Chicote. You were right, and Chicote says, "No, Janeway, you were more right." And then she says. No, Chagode, you are more most right. You were most right. You were right. Writer, I'm right. You're writer than me. 
It was, it was just a. It was. Yeah. You're right. It was a love. It was a, <laughs> it love, was a love fest of yeah, you're more fest. right. And, it was. Um, it was yeah. JC all the way. JC scene. JC moment on the bridge was amazing. Yeah. Go to engineering. Now Torres is starting this dampening field around the, the pathogen. The, to disable the vinculum. The vinculum. Mm-hmm. Disable the vinculum, power it down. And all of a sudden it's going down, but then it starts adapting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so rerouting it's going internal down. Now it's, now it's adapting. We go into sick bay. Seven's having a seizure. She's starting to have voices and the doctor is starting to, uh, he says, we got to abort this. We come back to engineering. No, we can't abort it. The vinculum yeah. is back to coming back to full power. And the doctor is very emotional in this whole sequence, mm-hmm. cutting back and forth with trying to shut down this thing. And finally we cut back to, uh, to sick bay and the doctor is very emotional about this. He says, we've lost seven. Her neural pattern is gone. Yeah. So this feels like she may just have these personalities have taken her over and we've lost her. We cut mm-hmm. to the ready room. Mm-hmm. They're having a meeting about this. The doctor still very emotional tells the captain, you know, these personalities just keep popping up. There's nothing I could do anymore. We've lost her. And Tuvok says, let's try a Vulcan mind melt. <laughs> and the doctor's like come on are you no this is he calls it vulcan mumbo jumbo which um, clearly means he has a crush on seven because look at this he's this impassioned speech to the to the captain if we don't deactivate this vinculum soon we may lose her forever and then vulcan mumbo jumbo what do you mind meld how dare you you know suggest that yeah. on my beloved seven it is really the subtext going yeah on. he's very personally connected and very much but tuvok so. says this is the only thing we can do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to my quarters and prepare. Yeah. He's gonna, he needs a couple hours to meditate. He says. Right. That's right. So and we jump to the bridge. Yep. We go jump to the bridge, bridge. And that's where we have our conversation with species 6339 with the Captain Ven, I suppose mm-hmm. that's his name. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ven does come over to Voyager and mm-hmm. uh, they have a conversation. Captain Janeway and, and Ven start talking. And then he finds out that Captain Janeway will not give up this vinculum until yes, they find a cure for but, seven. But let's hold on a second. Let's go back and talk about yeah. the species 6339 sure. outfits. Yes, let's talk you about it. You may call them 6339. I like you, to call, call them the saran wrap Tron suit aliens because <laughs> basically they're wearing like plasticky saran wrap suits over their uniform with Tron like lights, lights running all up and down. Okay. Thing. It was amazing. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> Aside from they've, they've also got like antennas on their head. Yes. I, I'm going to just say when I saw that uniform, the, the, the saran yeah. wrap or raincoat, whatever you want to call it clear underneath it looked like a command Starfleet uniform. It did as look if like they Starfleet. Stole our, our, the but yeah. it had some lights underneath. Like they did. Their, that changes their Starfleet. It. Their underneath uniform had some, Blinky lights, and then mm-hmm. the saran wrap with the string lights going yeah. all around, and they were blue, oh, yeah. just like Tron. They were the same kind of Tron blue. That's true. Right? It was so. this tra- that was Tron blue. And the yep. other note that I wrote down was that the makeup, the actual, and the, the little appendages that came off of mm-hmm. their forehead there, it reminded me of a conversation that I had with Michael Westmore, head of makeup. And I said to him one day, I said, "What inspires you or your makeup artists that work for you in terms of?" designing new alien makeups mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he said well I-, I use nature and i said well what do you mean and he had these coffee books these huge huge books filled with you know creatures oh, yeah, of earth you know, and, yeah, amphibians yeah. and fish and yeah. you know uh mammals everything photographs insects these, everything insects yeah. you name it and he says we go to that and i do remember as he's uh, as he was leafing through one of these books it stopped on one of those fish that has, it's basically an appendage that it has a little bit of a light on it and it lures smaller fish over so that once they try to eat that little appendage, that's when that fish attacks and eats them. Nice. So, yeah, so fish. I feel like, mm-hmm. so clever, I feel like that was fish. the influence of this. Interesting. Character. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. But uh, they talk about this vinculum and this, this Ven guy, the alien, the Tron suited alien, uh, Saran wrap guy, mm-hmm. he says, that the Borg basically decimated their world. Yeah. And they have been looking for ways to uh, avenge that. Mm -hmm. And so 13 of the survivors on their planet agreed to allow themselves to be infected with this virus, this pathogen, and then to be assimilated 
So it was like a suicide mission. Mm -hmm. And then that virus would start to take out the Borg. And that was their way of, of combating the yeah. Borg. And Janeway, like I said, doesn't want to give up the Vinculum until they figure out how to help Seven of Nine. And this is when Ven starts playing hardball with Janeway. And he's, you know, he's like, he says, I'm gonna he's like, this Vinculum could have killed you know hundreds or dozens or hundreds or thousands of Borg. Like you're right. getting in the way. No, yeah. I don't care about your your Borg crewman mm-hmm. uh that you're trying to help. This yep. one Borg crewman, this could this could get rid of thousands of Borg. Absolutely. Right. So Yep. He's like, put this thing back out there where you found it and and uh, and let us continue our plan. And mm-hmm. so we go to sick bay and seven is revived. Mm-hmm. And I wrote down the doc is just in love with her at this point. <laughs> yeah, because when she regains consciousness, boy, is he happy. He's like, oh, He's very- my goodness. Let me debrief you, darling. And then she says to mm-hmm. him in the love fest, she's like, and please please doctor tell everyone that I'm so grateful for all of their efforts to help me. And it's like, but it is a nice character moment. We start to see seven really appreciating the humanity that she's a part of. She is. She is. And the crew and that people are standing up for, I think, you Mm -hmm. know, didn't she say at some point, like the Borg, if there's a, uh, a Borg that's not functioning well, that they just, they kill it. They get rid of it. Yeah. Dump it. Yeah. And that, on the human experience is not mm-hmm. that if someone needs help, the other yeah. crewmen and the other humans step up for it. So that's a whole new experience for her. It definitely is. And I think that's the strength of this episode mm-hmm. is the character development for seven, because really, I mean, you, it just, uh, everything we've been seeing before is just rebellious teenager, rebellious teenager, you know, ungrateful, yeah. ungrateful. And now she sees what humanity is. She sees what caring and compassion is from a fellow human being or fellow being. And it's wonderful. Yeah. I like I like seeing this type of episode. All right. Um, so the voices overwhelm her again, and the doctor sedates her. She's she's out. She's down for the count. Mm-hmm. Now we have a quick shot of Tuvok in his quarters, and Tuvok is there. He's in midst of meditation to prepare for the the mind meld, mm-hmm. and and he's just he's ready. This is his action hero shot, and all of a sudden he's ready to go. And I love it's a nice. It's like one shot that starts. David just sort of started wide with Tuvok sitting there and sort of yeah. pushing in. But I felt like this is such a classic sort of, it felt like Rocky, you know, like they should have been playing eye of the tiger or something. <laughs> and they're like, you know, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. He was getting ready for the thing. I had so much fun doing that. Can we just continue doing that? Oh yeah. It was fine. It was good. Yeah. So Tuvok, Tuvok is getting ready though. I like with his eye of the tiger moment, his hero moment. Yeah. Cut to the bridge, the battle starting. And I think Paris has one line here. He says, the alien vessel is coming about. Maybe that was your line. Mm -hmm. I think that was my big line. You had more than one in this. I don't know. I didn't have much to do. That's okay. Okay. It's okay. That's all right. Okay. Continue. Uh, but the battle is starting. We go to sick bay. Tuvok mm. is, uh, we're prepping for this mind melt. Here's another scene where I think I mentioned this before, but, um, you know, David Livingston really moved the camera in this episode. Mm-hmm. Lots of steady cam. The yeah. steady cam shot down the hallway with, yep. with uh, you know, chasing Naomi, chasing Seven, all of that. Right. Every scene. I mean, if if anything, this episode may have lacked sometimes maybe some coverage or close ups. But as far as camera movement, it was really active, really yeah. diverse in terms of steady cam, dolly mm-hmm. shots, mm-hmm. Uh, handheld shots, all kinds of stuff. Definitely. So this, this had a ton of energy because we're there's yeah. a battle happening. Yeah. There's a battle on the bridge yeah. that adds and to then, the energy. Yeah, and yep. this scene, seven, uh, Tuvok arrives to initiate this mind meld, and Seven mm-hmm. is now rotating through all the different personalities. Mm-hmm. And once Tuvok you know, touches her face, uh, her, her yeah, side of her face, mm-hmm. and the mind melt begins. Now we enter into this crazy alternate reality you know, of of the Borg cube, the inside of a Borg cube. Yeah, and we're in the being, mind meld. Mm-hmm, we're in the mind Basically meld. Basically inside the mind meld. So yes. we're inside Tuvok and Seven's, and seven's brain experience, yeah. which is mm-hmm. sort of manifesting as this, um, they're on a Borg ship is what yes. it feels, it looks like. They're on a Borg ship. And it's packed with all of these assimilated yeah. aliens. So tons of makeups that they had to do mm-hmm. for this sequence. The little girl is there, mm-hmm. all kinds of different species. And they're all, and the lights are, there's like strobe lights going yeah. and there's colorful lights everywhere yeah. and people like reaching. And um, I have to say, it reminded me 
I, I wrote down, it looks like Studio 54 entrance when I went there in the eighties, <laughs> it looks like, it looked like a club, like everybody dancing yeah, I, and, uh, I just yeah, read a very cool. long article about Studio 54 yesterday. So it's so oh, funny really? that you bring up that reference. You you were able, you were one of the few people, well, not a few people, but you were one of the people that were able to enter Studio 54. So that's I great. went there back in the 80s, although not in the yeah. heyday. The heyday was like late 70s, 78, early 80s. 79, yes. I probably went there, you know, mid 80s or something. Okay, I, so kind of on the, on the down of the yeah. popularity. I did get club, to so. see the um, village people perform at Studio Whoa, 54. and they were there a lot. So, yeah, yeah, they performed that there quite amazing. a bit. They came down on this, like, uh, this catwalk like that went thing? up and down. No, it was okay. a catwalk that was yeah. on motors. And so they came down to the village people, which was very wow. Funny. I mean, but they were past their prime at this uh, point. <laughs> you know. okay. this they was were, the were, they the were they the village geezers at this point? Mm. Or uh, what are you thinking? I don't know. Okay. Uh, I, uh, I don't even know if the village people stayed the same people. Like, I feel like they started rotating in different other village performers people. <laughs> yeah. because it was a character, right? It was so basically the, if they aged out, they the, would bring someone else that would, that would come in. Yeah, it was, it was like Menudo. Menudo did the, that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. They just cast another singer. Yeah. Yeah, so Studio 54 was one of the vibes that I um that I had from that. Yeah. The other thing I have to touch on is David Livingston who's always very experimental and pushing the envelope. Mm. At this point, I'm going to go through the lenses that I noticed he shot with. So you know like During the mind meld. In the during mind the mind meld, meld yeah. in the board cube, <laughs> yeah. what we saw was basically I'm going to say it's like David Livingston just vomited out every possible <laughs> lens that you could pick to do weird, weird photography and shots. He so okay. he used so, uh, a so lens before called, you before you list before yeah. you list them. Let me just say that this is very similar to July the fourth when you're watching a fireworks display, yes. and then at the very end they throw up everything. The yes, grand it's like finale. The finale. So it's this is the finale fireworks. But this it's a is, lens this finale. David, David okay. Livingston's lens finale. So list them. he used the mesmerizer lens, which is this lens that sort of it it's it turns and stretches things like this. I you love know, that name. Very, very it. trendy back in you know the 80s and 90s. It was a lens that was used that it that it sort of moved around and mesmerized yeah. things. Yeah. Okay. The mesmerizer lens, he used a fisheye lens, which yeah. is you know, people are familiar with that. Mm-hmm. He used something called a lens baby or a squishy lens. Not sure. Two different mm-hmm. brand names, but basically it's uh, two pieces of glass with gel on the inside and you move it around and it sort of diffuses uh, the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, he used some kind of prism lens or refractor lens mm-hmm. that had all of these shards of light flying with the yeah. mesmerizer and the squishy and the, and the fisheye and the lens baby. Boom. Boom! Okay. Lens I, explosion. I, I, I'm just wondering. I mean, did he think that he was getting fired after this episode, where he was like, "Guess what? I I'm going to throw every lens at." I this. know that David what really likes to push the envelope. Yeah. I know that he doesn't tell. He doesn't ask for permission often. He said he just that to us it. in the interview. <laughs> yes. He's like, "Don't ask for permission. Just do it. Just do it." <laughs> and I'm of the school being a producer. Yeah. That's like, hey, let's ask for permission yeah. first. Let's make sure we're shooting the right thing. Mm-hmm. But I think in this case, he was very bold and it did work because it was a really stylized, very cool thing. But it yeah. was an explosion of every lens, trick <laughs> lens you could so probably funny. use. So um, All right. Anyway, we go back to engineering. The battle's still going on. Actually, on I got bridge. bridge. I have bridge yeah, right go, now. Yeah, right? we go to oh, okay. engineering and bridge intercut. Yeah. This goes back and forth a lot. My note, um, very quickly on the bridge, yeah. my note is that I am really projecting in this scene. Like this part of the episode, everybody's oh, screaming. almost screaming things yeah. out. Yeah, it's it's nuts. Chakotay's um, at Tuvok Station, very mm-hmm. rare occurrence. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he's over there. We could have thrown mm-hmm. anybody in there and he could have stayed by his love. Yeah. Jane and, Lynch, then, you know, <laughs> and then and the doctor screaming at Tuvok uh-huh. to that he has to terminate the meld because mm-hmm. otherwise uh, he will never get his love back seven of nine yeah. i suppose lots of handheld and steady cam shots in here mm-hmm. again moving all over the place going crazy yeah. Yeah. um let's say we're back inside the mill T- tuvok is fighting with a klingon and stuff we yeah. see this wide shot of like yeah. a 
a pit or something. He throws yeah. a Klingon over. Which we I didn't... thought it was Tuvok. I thought Tuvok got thrown over, but no. That was a Klingon. Klingon. It was a okay. Klingon, but that's definitely a VizFX set extension. It's, we, don't, we didn't have a set that big. It's supposed mm. to be some part of the Borg cube, I guess. Right. But great work by our VizFX department and stunt department to do a big high fall like that when I know we didn't have a giant right. set. And I'm sad that I evidently, uh, I'm going to assume, I will assume that that was the son of Kavak that was thrown over. I so know, probably. That guy was all, the party, you know, party guy. It's only so. a mind meld. It's not reality. Yeah, it's it's not like real. having a dream. That's right. right? It's okay. Um, we go to engineering. We're losing uh, power to the field emitter. We have to use a, emergency power. Basically, we, you know, finally defeat this this vinculum thing yeah. and it, it's pack, turned it offline finally fizzles off yeah. and finally and Janeway's boom, yes done. Janeway's wonderful line there very diehard esque she says lock onto the damn thing beam it into space it's yeah. just like get it out of here I just it's love good. that line it's good mm-hmm. uh we go back to the regeneration bay and uh she's waking up she's back we hear uh, we hear a captain's log that this has been a couple of weeks later, I think, a week or two or something, and um, and and gives her a clean has, bill of health. Yeah, right? Seven talks yeah. to the doctor. They have a nice conversation where the doctor says you're good, but he does say to her, you know, you may not hear these voices, but they'll always be with you, mm-hmm. which is an interesting. That really stuck with me. I like that line a lot. Um, yeah. And Seven says to the doctor, "I want you want to thank the, the crew. Um, you know, they all." cared so much and tried so hard to uh, to make this happen. And then she really is appreciating it. And, f- and she says, in particular, there's somebody I need to go talk to. Yeah. And the next thing we do, we cut into the hallway and she's walking around the corner with Naomi and she's giving her homework. She's got pads with all kinds of homework. Mm-hmm. She says star charts for the next three years or the next three systems that Voyager is going to pass through star charts, sociological data mm-hmm. on 173 Delta quadrant species. And um, she says, all of this is relevant. If you want to be the captain's bridge assistant and Naomi says, I will comply. And Great I, line, Doherty. Great her. line. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she asked for one thing, one more thing. Mm-hmm. Seven asked for one more thing of Naomi. She says, I need you to teach me how to play. Cot is caught. So that ends the episode. Yeah. Great episode. Really, really dig this episode. What is your what is your theme slash lesson for this episode? My theme for this was that we all have a connection to our past and the things that have wounded us, mm. and that it'll all, always be there inside of us. But we have to learn to accept that and to to move on and grow from it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why that last line of the doctor sort of sucked to me. Those voices will always be there. You may mm-hmm. not hear them, mm-hmm. but those wounds are always there with us. We may not feel them or see them, but mm-hmm. having an awareness that, that they may show up now and then and mm-hmm. uh, to grow from that. Yeah. What about you? Um, I, you know, for me, I, I guess it has more to do with just the persistence that the crew had no matter how you know the chips were down everything was against them but they just they kept working they kept working they right. didn't stop they said we're not going to quit we're not going to do what a borg drone would do mm-hmm. once they know that they're malfunctioning which is just you know cut off end that life of that drone mm-hmm. they kept going and yeah. i just love the that message of you know you you've got to keep you've got to keep that persistence there and and keep on trekking and yep. get it done yep Awesome. What's right. your, what, here's my rating here. So oh, yes. about let's, the ratings, let's, rate, let's rate this ratings yeah. of the episode. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I historically I'm pretty tough on some episodes, but this one I thought was really, really good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give this an eight out of 10, mm-hmm. which is, um, you know, on the, the higher end of my scale. Very what about good. you? I concur with you. I have an eight as really? well. Yeah, mainly ah. because of uh, this is this is a one woman show practically a tour de force. Tour de force Ryan. by Jerry oh David Livingston. Even though I'm teasing a little about the vomiting all the lenses that yeah. you could use, it was beautifully shot. Like yeah. camera movement, yeah. phenomenal camera movement. Great, challenging stuff. I did yeah. notice a lot of challenging mm-hmm. stuff. Steady cam throughout. Agreed. It was very and, complex. And for the the short amount of time that. Jerry had to prepare for this. She did such a phenomenal job yeah. with the short amount of time that she had to do. So I'm, I'm actually going to pump it up to 8.1. I'm going to give it 8.1. Ooh, yeah. Look at you. A little bit more. All right. All right. 
Here I have an envelope in my hand. Drum roll. That has the official fan rating uh, based on our captain and admiral survey. And the survey says yes. infinite regress. Yeah. Admiral and captain rating is 7.3 out of 10. Okay. 7.3. We weren't, we were close. We actually went higher than the fans. Yes. Did you just pull a David Letterman when you threw the, did you just oh, yes. throw the paper? Yeah. That's David, Le- David Letterman does. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or maybe Johnny, does Johnny Carson throw things too? His little cue cards? Probably. Maybe? Probably. Okay. And they used to put the crash in and they throw it. <laughs> yeah. The, the, cla- like the, the window glass. breaking yeah. the glass. Yeah. All right. So we're close. 7.38. 7.3. We both got, I got an eight. You got an 8.1. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Not bad. All right. Not well, bad at all. thank you everyone for tuning in to our review and discussion behind yes. the scenes discussion of infinite regress. Join us next week when Robbie and I will be talking about the episode, nothing human, nothing human. And as the Ferengi say it, human. So nothing human next week, next week. See you everybody. See ya. See ya.